the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Welcome back, everybody. Hour two of the Pastor Scott Show, formerly Southern California Live. Tomorrow, same bat time. We're the same, same three to five. Oops, same bad time, same bad channel. Pastor Scott Show. I, I stepped all over that one, but it's a pretty good one. Anyway, welcome back to the show. And Pastor Scott Show, we deal with issues of the day, things in the news from a Christian perspective. And it's grateful to be, I'm grateful. It's grateful or I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be with you each and every day. And you can send me an email at Pastor Scott at KKLA.com. This hour, I'm going to, in a way, continue some of what we were talking about in the last hour, but I want to focus on on an area of conversation. And I'm going to take some of your calls. You've been waiting a long time, so I'll get to your calls here in a second. Um, because I think we can sort of fit this in, is where is this going? We're having the conversation about what people believe, truly believe, about some of the transgenderism issues. And it was related to the... Uh, Dylan Mulvaney, who is a transgender woman, a biological man who is advertising for women's products and he's advertising for Bud Light. And there's this sort of outrage against these companies. And in a short period of time, they lose some money and they lose some sales. But I wonder if if actually their marketing is something that is going to earn them dollars in time. You know, I think, you know, personally, I think, no, I think this blows up in everybody's face eventually, but I'm not too sure about that. And I think that there is another agenda that for many people who are dealing with this, it really has nothing to do with transgender people or gender dysphoria or people dealing with that. There is, from an academic sense, why is this being pushed? And it's being pushed because there is an agenda. There is a teaching, and and it's open. It's not something that's hidden. It's not something that most people think who are involved in this. You know, it's it's something, though, that the people who are in academic circles have been pushing for a long time. The the bizarre world that we live in today, it's it didn't just happen overnight. It's been happening for 50 years. And really, it's been happening for 150 years. It goes back to people like uh, Karl Marx and Sigmund Freud and... Um, through philosophers like Rousseau, if you're following all of these people, uh, Frederick Engels, if you're into the education of all of that, what we're seeing today is is the applied in our lives work of these people. And I want to give you some idea of that. First, let me get to your calls, because some of you have been holding on for a long time. Stephanie in Compton, thanks for holding so long, Pastor Scott oh, Show. No How you doing, Stephanie? Hi, nice to talk to you, Dr. Scott. Um, I, I think that the business of using transsexuals for advertising products is just a very cheap advertising that they get for free. My thought is to simply ignore it. Now, I personally know three transgenders, one female who trans to a man, one man who's trans to a female and a man who's in the middle of a trans, and I've known them all for many years. And I can say, without question, there is mental illness there, not confusion, mental illness. Yeah. Now, as for the opinion of the 20-plus set, my daughter, 25, she's 
you know, in that age group. Now, she's enamored by transgender people who are of notoriety, not interested in the people we know who have trans. Mm. And like many in her age group, they're looking at them as entertainment and something to think about and talk about. It'll get old. Now, I've already noted that she's lost contact with several of her noted people who are famous, and so she's already losing interest. She's moving on, and I think we ought to also. Now, I actually prayed for my transgendered friends today before I heard your subject today, and I think we all should be praying for them. They're not mentally well. Yeah, I 100% agree, and I think that the the society is abusing them. You know, in many Absolutely. ways, they are being abused. Now, they're going to fight back against that, right? They'll they'll scream and yell, which is a sign of that mental illness, I think. Correct. Uh, that kind I've of behavior. I've seen a lot of screaming and yelling. Uh, and, it, and it does have to do with identity, which is something that's being taught now, is your identity is how you relate to the world from whatever sexual perspective you have. Um, and that's something that has been growing over time philosophically. There's a purpose for that. There is a political theory for why you want to do that, and I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes. So, Stephanie, thank you for calling and for holding so long. And and uh, you know what, Stephanie, can I pray for your friends, people that you know? I wish everybody would pray for all of the transgendered yeah. people yeah. because I really know that, you know, with the experience I've had with my three known people I've known for over a decade, every one of them, just not mentally well. Yeah, got And it. they need prayer. Let me pray real quick, Stephanie. God, uh, Humble us as we have this conversation. Give us the the ability to realize that all of us fall short of the glory of God, that there is no person who has, for whatever reason, earned their salvation or earned your love because of of behavior or or where they were born or how they were born or how they, you know, we all fall short. And in that, Lord, we think of people who are dealing with this transgender issue that we pray for them. We pray that the mental illness, which we believe it is, um, would be healed. We pray for Christians who are in this conversation, the personal ones, the ones just like Stephanie and the people that she knows personally. I pray for Stephanie that she will be a great witness and testimony to these people who need to know somebody who reflects the love of Christ, who are so lost yeah, like many of us in different ways because of how the the world presents itself. I pray, Lord, that the church would be a place of truth and healing and refuge through the truth of Christ and the truth of who we are, male and female, made in the image of God, and the healing that we will have for all who believe and be resurrected into perfect uh, bodies one day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Stephanie, Thank you so thanks much for calling for and holding on so long. You're welcome. My blessing. Be yeah. well. Bye. Thank you, Stephanie. All right. A couple more calls here. I know you've been holding so long, and it's an important subject. So uh, typically, we'll totally change the subject. I'll get to some of that here in a second here. Yeah. Uh, Angie in L.A., welcome to Southern California Live. Actually, I'm calling from Compton, Scott. Oh, Angie in Compton. Okay. Well, it's kind of L.A., right? Yeah. Like everything, uh, when I was in San Diego, the joke was everything north of everything north of Pendleton is L.A. <laughs> I actually live in Compton. So. All right. Anyway, um, as far as like um, the subject of transgender and everything, um, is just a device to confuse people more because you know God's Jesus is coming back very very soon, and the more people that Satan can confuse, the happier he is. But yeah. he's always been a liar, so he's not going to win. So. 
That's, that's all I have to say right that, now. That's correct. Thank you, Angie, for listening and for holding on for so long. You know, I think that her point about confusion, that's where I'm going to get to in a little bit here. I was reading today uh, a professor that I used to have in college. I went to UC Riverside, and he's now at UCLA, or he might be retired, but he still does some speaking there. And his name is J.R. Getty. I don't know anything about where he stands spiritually or even politically, left and right, those kinds of things. But he probably is the biggest expert on on the Soviet Union and Russian uh, and Russia uh, in the world. Like literally, he is. He's brilliant, and he has written a lot about how the Soviet Union became this uh, state. This 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 state where there was so much persecution and poverty and difficulties. And he talks a lot about the confusion that so many people in um, the Soviet Union in the 20s and 30s had and where it led. And in reading this, I'll share some of it with you in a few minutes. It's It sounds like us. It sounds like us right now. And uh, he is somebody who is recognized as somebody who turned out to be right as far as uh, how Stalin, Joseph Stalin, ended up in leadership and how he actually ruled. And uh, it's very interesting stuff. I'll get to that here in a second. But I do want to get to your calls. Some of you have been holding for so long here. Oscar and San Gabriel, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Oh, yeah. Hi, Scott. I love your show. Number one show, Church on the Air, if we could call it. Thank you. And uh, it's a great salvation, and especially Mr. Terry. I mean, I imagine that uh, when he gets to our Creator, I mean— how much he's going to be rewarded for so much that he has done. And, uh, yeah, I wanted to uh, give opinion on this, uh, uh, all this that is going on, rumors of war, pestilence, yeah. coronavirus. And now this, uh, I mean, I've got to be honest with what it is. I know a lot of people uh, don't think of it like uh, of, of, the, of uh, what it really is. But we have the great example of Sodom and Gomorrah. And those are the times even worse than now that we're living and not just that, but have a president that supports all this of kids like this woman in Pasadena, Mercedes. I mean, I think, I don't know if that was her name. Start teaching uh, a five-year-old, I hear what you tell her. I mean, how can she do that? And pretty much everywhere, and even schools, they're doing all that. And uh, I think uh, there is no solution. I mean, the Bible tells us that, I mean, this, uh, these things were going to happen. People calling uh, good, bad, and bad, evil, say, like... Uh, reading the yeah. church or or, or uh, things from church and schools, I mean, they don't want it no more. I mean, they just want to do, promote their homosexual and work, uh, girls that are normal. And and even our daughters, sons, and they're, they're regular Christian people. And can I go to the restroom now no more? Because if my daughter goes to a restroom now, there's going to be a guy over there inside. And not just that, it's happening in the gyms and almost everywhere we go. So I think and the bizarre thing is that you're, if your daughter complains, then she's the one who's in trouble. Exactly. She's yeah. the one who's in trouble. And that's and the upside that. so down. They call them bad evil. They yeah. call them bad evil and evil bad. This Mercedes, so I think that was her name. You well, can see that. And uh, you know, she's going to give account of uh, what she's doing. We want to love her and ask her to uh, reconsider that. And, and she's doing, you know, what the society is telling her to do. And uh, it is, it's a... There is so much social pressure to uh, do this today, um, and I think it eventually blows up here because it goes against the reality of the world, and we've got to speak calmly and truthfully uh, about that. Uh, Oscar, thank you for calling and listening to the Pastor Scott Show. Uh, Thomas and San Pedro, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. 
Thomas, you still with me? Yes. Uh, go ahead, yeah, Thomas. Yeah. Thanks for holding on for so long. No, that's okay. Um, I know how to say, especially with the transgender issue, I have a 17-year-old, or she'll be 17 this year, who's, who has come out and said she's a transgender, and we had our issues with it, and I just told her, I said, you know, I, it's not what I believe in. You know, and I said, well, you know what I believe in? I believe in God, and I'm, I'm sorry, I, I just kind of accept, you know. They found gender issue. I said, I love you, and I always love you. You'll be my daughter. Um, I'm always here. I'm not, I, I, like I, I said, even said, I'm not mad. You know, you have to decide where you want to take your life, but just remember the consequences, because I've always thought of consequences. Um, mm-hmm. Even her mother would not, uh, you know, agree with me. She would be like, well, I don't understand, but she, that's the way she is, and that's, and I said, well, yeah, I and can't. Possible on her, but I'm 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 sorry. My belief, I can't change it. Yeah, this is your daughter. Yeah, and is she she's 17 now? She will be 17 this year, and she Uh, wants to transition into a man. Well, she didn't say transition. She just says I'm no transgender, and and she wanted me to refer to her as they and them. And I said I'm sorry. I I love you, but I can't. Yeah, because that's not what I believe in. I said, I've, I've seen so many miracles from God in my own life and what he has done with me and my other children. I says, I'm sorry. I, I just can't go back and change my belief because you decide you want to be a trans- transgender. And I said, I love you. And, you know, and she didn't talk to me for a while. And I, you know, because she, she lives in Idaho. And I said to her, I said, well, I want to come visit you. And she said, but unless I accept who she is, she won't. And I said, well, I can't accept that. So, but now at least, I, I, I always spoke for her, and I said, I, I've been texting her now, she's now responding to my texts, and we're kind of slowly getting back a relationship, which mm. I, I hope will keep progressing. Yeah. But I personally believe that God, <laughs> she's a child of God, and I, wherever she's going, the devil is going to lose, because when she was younger, uh, she accepted Christ, and she would just literally, you know, we we go to church. She used to go to church with me, and then you know she'd be one of her favorite songs was the Hallelujah song. Right. And you know she and would so, shout to the window, Jesus, yeah. and I'm like, so, so she has that in her already. So, so, so Thomas, God yeah, touches her. Heart. And, you know, Thomas, I think you're sharing something that people need to hear, too, who have family or friends who are uh, persuaded by uh, this um, philosophy. Keep praying for them and don't give up. Uh, you don't have to give in. Yeah, you do not have to give in, but don't give up. Because I think it for most people, actually, it runs its course. Uh, you know, for most people, they come back because it doesn't really work. Um, it does not solve the identity issues that people have. It does not, the community that you get built around it is community over a, you know, political point of view, basically, but that doesn't work too well because eventually you'll be out of that club and then you're just on your own. And uh, so we need to keep praying for her and loving her. And I think you're right that because she, she heard the gospel, lots of people, especially in their twenties and thirties, they come back. And, 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 and I think I think recently I've seen her like more or less coming back as she's she's still dressed 
physical as a woman. Yeah. And she's still, you know. So I'm, you know, I'm just keeping prayer. That's all. Yeah. All right, Thomas. Thank you for calling and sharing your story there, and uh, keep in prayer. And that's what we all need to do. And be patient. You know, we live in a world that is uh, full of lies, and those lies get believed. But lies get uh, shown to be untrue eventually. Reality is persistent. Reality will, uh, somebody once said, reality bats last. Eventually, reality will rear its head on everything, biological matters, spiritual matters, uh, physical matters, however you look at it. Reality is going to win, including in spiritual areas. Okay, one last call here, Sal in Glendale. Uh, Welcome to Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Pastor, how you doing? I'm good, Sal. How are you? Um, yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Everyone's saying that they're confused. They're not confused. They're trying to confuse our kids. That's what they're doing. Well, there's they're certainly like, a movement for doing. that, but people are, the people doing that are, are confused, I would say. Well, because my kid, like my son, my son's very confused. He doesn't understand the meaning of love. He thinks anything I say about them, because he has a good friend that's um, transsexual, mm-hmm. And he thinks anything I say about him is negative, is hateful. So this generation is so soft, so kind, so sweet that you cannot say anything negative about anyone because they will see us, oh, you're hated that. You hate, you're supposed to be Christian, you're supposed to love. They don't understand the true meaning of love. They don't understand that love works and what, what love, which way love would uh, send you and which way other things would send you. And they're very confused. And that's why they're coming down real strong right now because they know this generation is real soft. That's why they're doing what they're doing. Because this generation, it's hard to tell me anything that will sound hateful. You know, this case this, or the transaction this, or this, you know, anything, anything. Um, so we're having a hard time because of that. How do you teach a kid uh, that certain things are not right um, without sounding like you hate them or you don't like them or or it's something personal. Yeah. It's, it's well, hard. What's happening today, and thank you for your call, Sal, and for holding on, is people are being told that they are a hater if they just simply disagree. And it's not just people who are Christian or people who are religious or people who are on even the right. You know, I think one of the most, uh, if you are following kind of some of the things that go on, and, and some of this happens uh, with other issues, even on the, the right side of sort of the political thinking right there, is that we can find ways to cancel each other, right? If you don't vote the way I vote or you don't agree exactly with how I think, then you're – it's no longer that we just disagree. It's that you're a bad person and you're an evil person. And this is the scary part of where our world is. This is the Pastor Scott Show. I'm Pastor Scott, and the number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. You know, there are people even on the far left who are finding themselves being called haters simply because of a few statements. I don't know if you know who Anna Kasparian is. She's part of a a very liberal program called the Young Turks. And uh, she tweeted this out a couple weeks ago. I am a woman, she said. Please do not ever refer to me as a person with a uterus, birthing person, or a person who menstruates. Uh, How do people not realize how degrading this is? You can support the transgender community without doing this uh, stuff. She used a different word. And I saw that tweet come across. And uh, and by the way, if you're if you're not following people on uh, social media that you disagree with, you're doing it wrong. You, know, like you got to have people that don't always agree. You got to hear where people are coming from. Anyway, I found that this was, you know, a very interesting thing for her to say. And I knew she was going to get hit hard by her own people because you're not allowed to say that because now she's suddenly a hater. And immediately the comments started to come in. 
And uh, the first person who commented was a, somebody whose name was Rapper Zuby. I don't know if that's uh, anybody anybody knows, but he said, your side is going to roast you now. I hope you're ready for the tolerance. And then in comes the tolerance. Anna knows it doesn't affect her. She's just a feeling appealing to anti-trans hysteria because she's a weak-minded idiot. Now, this is a person who is far left being roasted by other people on the far left. And now suddenly she's a weak-minded idiot because she doesn't want people to say that she is a person who menstruates or a birthing person. She wants to be called a woman because she's a woman. Apparently she's figured out what a woman is. The next tweet was, Hitler liked your tweet. It's always Hitler. Remember Godwin's Law. It's uh, the rule that maintains that in any online discussion, uh, someone will almost certainly compare someone else to Hitler. It was on the second tweet there. Uh, I respect you a lot, Mike writes, but this notion that the mere existence of trans-inclusive terms uh, somehow degrades women's comes right out of the the right-wing anti-trans war on women playbook. There's a reason why they're praising you for this. And it gets nastier and nastier and nastier and nastier. And uh, to her credit, she's defended herself. A lot of people immediately just apologize and sort of bow to it. What's this about? Like, really, when you dig into it, what is it about? On this program, often it comes up, came up yesterday, it's come up a few times, the idea of is this Marxism or is it fascism? And people use those words all the time. And, you know, I've learned something that I think people use those words and they don't really know what they mean. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. I want to give you a couple of definitions and I want to share some things with you because I think it's important that we do use words in a proper way. And I think it's a warning, not just about transgender issues, but lots of issues in our country, some are on the right, some are on the left, that indicate that we're on a terrible path. And there is something that I think we can do about it. Some of it is just knowing what we're talking about as best that we can as lay people. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can call 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. I'm a liberal, and I believe that people can do, be, act, believe, and speak however they want. That's their business. Right up until they infringe the rights of others. Even for non-liberals, I don't believe it's controversial. Women should have the right to play single-sex sport, to play safely and compete fairly with other women. They should have the right to use toilets without people with... They should have the right to serve jail sentences without violent offences against women. They should have the right to privacy, safety and dignity, especially those who have suffered trauma uh, and abuse, largely by men, when they need refuges and shelters. MacArthur, she's a liberal member of Australia's parliament, and she's delivering a passionate defense of women's rights. And, you know, it's something that is going on globally, at least in Western nations. And some of it has the, you know, a lot of it has to do with the transgender ideology and that kind of conversation. But it's driving things in governments and it's driving people to different kinds of confusion. And it's creating problems in each one of those countries, including ours. And in saying that, I want to emphasize I'm not blaming transgender people. In fact, I think most of them are are victims of this ideology. Okay. 
And, you know, what comes up a lot is the words Marxism or fascism. We hear that a lot in our culture, right? We've got uh, Antifa, which means anti-fascist, and people call each other Nazis and and, uh, all of this stuff. I wanted to share a few things with you, and, you know, obviously we only have a few minutes, uh, so we're not going to be experts, but I think it's important that we, we use words according to what they actually mean as best that we can. Uh, I want to start with fascism. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. It's a funny thing. Uh, whatever you think of Donald Trump, all right, uh, like him or not like him, agree with him or disagree with him is fine. But he gets called a Nazi and a fascist, and lots of people get called that. But fascists typically don't arm want people to be armed, and they don't deregulate, and they don't you know want freedom of speech on uh, college campuses and things like that. Uh, you know, that doesn't make him right or wrong about issues, but fascism is is often just a political insult that people on the left and right do. Um, but it's important to realize a couple of things, that it is a specific political ideology that most people don't really understand. And actually, I don't think there's any fascist actual government in the world today. And we don't know a lot about fascism because it is rejected by people on the right and the left. All right. It's something that uh, is characterized by a strong leader. That's why I think people say that about Donald Trump or anybody else who might be uh, considered a strong or populist leader. Um, But a strong leader who uh, would have the will of the people on their side and has a cult of personality and somebody who is seen as the sole source of authority in the state. All right. Fascist governments use propaganda and censorship and other forms of control to maintain their power and suppress dissent. That's what they do. And, you know, they get associated typically with extreme forms of nationalism and racism and particularly anti-Semitism. But it's important to note that not every nationalist or patriotic movement or even authoritarian movements are – they're not all fascist. Most of the time when we use the word fascism, it's used by people who are just saying, I don't agree with this person. They must be a fascist. It's Unfortunately, it's become kind of an insult that people use and uh, it's not really used – in a very good way, right? Um, Marxism, on the other hand, is something that is where there's a lot of study. Not only is there other writings, but people for you know over 100 years have been trying to make it work. Um, and it's because this is a far-left ideology that emphasizes uh, not the importance of a strong leader who leads by coercion and power, although that happens in Marxist regimes. The the Marxism, the, the belief, is the idea of collective ownership, okay, and controlling of the means of production. And Marxist regimes try to create a classless society in which the means of production, this is just definition, okay, stick with me here, they're owned and controlled by the workers and the wealth is distributed equally, okay? that's And that sounds like a good idea, right? So people buy into that and they try to say, well, maybe we can do this. They're, they're almost always, well, in fact, they have always been a failure. They have never worked for very long. And unfortunately, what tends to happen is people say, well, those people just did it wrong, but it's always a disaster. But the, the economic and political ideology that is coming from people like Karl Marx and uh, people of his, uh, his ilk and contemporaries, that is what a lot of things are about. And some things that you have to know about this, and this is why I think we can't just call everything Marxist, right? Because somebody who just wants things to be better or wants to have more equality – Uh, which is different than equity, but equality of opportunity and things like that, those things aren't bad. The idea of helping people, uh, particularly people who are middle class or poor, uh, do better, 
is not inherently a bad thing, right? It's, you can see why these things are attractive. And the problem for Marx is that it's not based in reality, all right? He believed, for example, that God, a belief in God, was something that was used to justify the exploitation of the working class by the ruling class. And he argued that religion served as the opiate of the masses, he said, right? And that it dulled their senses to the reality of their exploitation and keeping them submissive to the ruling class. Marx also believed that about the family, okay? That the family was something that contributed to the, and what I mean by that is the the nuclear family, mom and dad and two and a half kids, and that parents should have the rights over their kids and that parents should have the ability to teach uh, their kids and make decisions for their kids. Marx didn't like that. He felt that the state should be involved in those things. Uh, he felt like this was one of the ways that the the wealthy people um, controlled the society. And so Marxist regimes have tried to do that. For example, in the Soviet Union under Stalin, the state exercised strict control over the educational system and promoted the Marxist-Leninist ideology, and they deliberately suppressed dissenting viewpoints. And that was a big thing about Marxism, is that it suppresses dissenting viewpoints. It it, uh, is something that says if you have a different point of view, you're not allowed to speak it. And it's because it's a movement that ultimately puts the state in charge. And some of what we're seeing, you know, the intimidation and the shouting down of speakers that we've been seeing in different places, uh, it can be fascism to do that, but it also can be Marxism. And at the end of the day, uh, when you are suppressing dissenting viewpoints and limiting limiting free expression through censorship or other means of control, uh, this is something where you're taking a dominant ideology and suppressing opposition, and that's how the truth gets lost. People aren't allowed to ask questions. People aren't allowed to have a belief that is different. And I'm telling you this because, you know, something that is behind a lot of what we're seeing today in the world with respect to the family, with respect to uh, in in what's behind the transgender movement or the gender queer movement, critical gender theory, those kinds of things, uh, the what I think is a usurpation of you hear things in the news about whether or not Black history should be taught. For example, in Florida, there's controversy about that, and you know what actually got cut out was a version of Black history that really was Black queer theory had very little to do with Black history. Black history for sure ought to be taught. Uh, as history, as what happened. There's a lot of things that have happened in the course of our country that were skipped in a lot of curriculum that actually are important to understand and important for everybody to know. But the agenda isn't that. The agenda is, by many people in the academic community, as overtly Marxist. To They say they're Marxist. They don't hide it. It's not something that's like they're trying to keep quiet. It's something that is being taught. And that's that's where the critical theories, the various ones, even though they bring up some very good questions about things and things that ought to be discussed, where they all break down, is they push people into a philosophy and a way of government that has been shown to be always destructive. And, you know, if you're a Marxist, that bugs you because you're like, well, it's only destructive because Stalin was a bad guy. Or it's only destructive because, you know, the people running Venezuela didn't do it right. And the people running Chile didn't do it right. And the people who were doing this in the Soviet Union and other places didn't do it. It's always the same answer. And I think that we should be aware of that. So when when people say something is, is Marxist, they may not know what they're talking about. But on the other hand, they might. 
And when they say fascist, most people don't know what that means. It's really, you know, you got to be careful about leaders who are forcing people or forcing companies, you know, forcing the society to bow down to things that aren't true. That can be fascist, of course, but it also can be what happens in Marxist regimes and Marxist philosophy. It's just that the Marxist philosophy is something that's more written about, more well thought out, more accepted by lots of people, where nobody accepts fascism as a legitimate way to go. Um, And here's the thing, where it breaks down in reality, because you're going against the family. I believe that the family, mom and dad and raising their kids, that's the way it's meant to be. That's the way God designed it. That's how we're supposed to be. And if you want to have a Marxist regime, then you have to get rid of that. And you have to get rid of men and women and the traditional roles that are masculine and feminine. You have to get rid of the entire gender distinction. And you even have to get rid of the idea that kids are the responsibility of parents. Instead, you have to say that the kids are are, are the responsibility of the state because it's the state who is going to make sure that they toe the line on the ideology. And parents notoriously aren't good at that because parents want the best for their kids, see? This is a big deal, and we are facing this. I think we have to be careful about just throwing the words around, but it doesn't take long to read and to figure out what it is that has happened. In Soviet Russia, some things that are, I think, remarkable. I mentioned in the last segment a professor I used to have. His name is J. Archgetty, and uh, he's probably the best Soviet researcher uh, in the world. He really is. He's at UCLA now. He was at UC. Riverside when I went there. Uh, He wrote this about the 1936 Soviet Constitution. He said that many who lauded Stalin's Soviet Union as the most democratic country on earth, people said Soviet Union was the most democratic country on earth in 1936. They lived to regret their words. After all, the Soviet Constitution of 1936 was adopted on the eve of the Great Terror. Great Terror was a period of time in the late 30s where millions of Soviets were either killed by the government or died because of famine and uh, lots of other problems. Uh, The Constitution came right before that in the 1930s. The thoroughly democratic elections that they had uh, to the Supreme Soviet permitted only uncontested candidates and took place at the height of terrific violence in 1937. And the Soviet Constitution, although it guaranteed civil rights and personal freedoms and democratic forms, all of them were trampled immediately and remained dead letters until long after Stalin's death. And he talks about how people who thought this was the way to go, how they ended up being imprisoned, ended up regretting it, and how much this whole um, thing. He says these radical activists who became shock troops and voluntarily part of the Stalinist revolution— which swept the Soviet Union in the 30s, they were, they were concentrated mostly in working class people and in youth groups. All right, it was young people and people who were working class who were supporting this Stalinist movement. And what happened to them is over time, what happened in the, the politics of the Soviet Union was the, there were, what he wrote is this, the collectivization, collectivization of agriculture and other things from 1929 to 1934 proceeded in several fitful campaigns characterized by confusion, lurches to the left and right, and the substitution of enthusiasm, exhortation, and violence for careful planning. And it destroyed the country and it destroyed the people. I read that. I thought, well, that's where we are, isn't it? 
Like we are having these lurches to the left and the right. We seem to have some confusion over who is right and who is wrong. There seems to be, you know, this weird situation that we're in where we don't even know which side promotes women's rights anymore. And we don't even know what side believes what so often when we get into the politics of things, at least we meaning collectively. And we are becoming a country where we are getting more about enthusiasm and exhortation and emotionalism and violence rather than planning ahead, rather than putting together a country with a vision, rather than putting together a society that understands the purpose of what a society is. This is happening because we're rejecting the God of the Bible, the Judeo-Christian ethic. Even if you didn't believe that, you used to believe that this worked. And history has shown that it works. The, the family, the uh, respect for uh, elders, the respect for, uh, for uh, representative government, those kinds of things. We should be aware of this as we have conversations about our culture and where it's going, that there is a philosophy behind us. It is Marxism. Um, some people openly say that. Most people, I think, don't really believe that as they're part of the confusion and part of the working class and youth groups that are uh, the shock troops voluntarily doing things. But that's what it is, and it always ends up bad for everybody except for the government elite, a very small group of people who end up getting wealthy and getting all the power. The world has seen this over and over and over again. And we should be aware of that. I got to take a break. I'll come back for your calls. Uh, Tiki, I see your call, or Tikiri, if that's how you say your name in Long Beach. I'll get your call in just a moment. Ted, this is the Pastor Scott Show. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Good to be with you. You can uh, follow me on your social media. Just look for Scott Furrow. It's F-U-R-R-O-W. Check it out. And I think I have uh, 666 followers on the Facebook, so I need somebody to click the follow. Or if you're tired of me, click the unfollow. It's just a funny number up there. Uh, 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. Takiri in Long Beach. Do I have your name right? That is correct. Well, wonderful pastor. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, pastor, first of all, uh, uh, I just thoroughly enjoy listening to your breakdown of Marxism. And uh, thank you so much for uh, shedding light and bringing the conversation to this very public forum in this incredibly corrupt city of ours. Well, thank you. I appreciate, uh, I appreciate that. What's on your mind? Yeah, um, uh, what uh, I just turned the radio on and I heard the conversation about this uh, pushing this transgender agenda and uh, this is the most horrific thing um, and it, it ties in with what you're saying, Pastor, about the attack on the family and uh, the grip of Marxism and uh, for me also, uh, I used to be a journalist and I was always called an observer. Uh, and I, I've been also looking hard at this, and I'm thinking, what the heck is this people's agenda, a hidden agenda, the underlying agenda? And I think to myself, uh, transgenderism uh, is a direct hit on fertility. And uh, when I think of a direct hit on fertility, 
it's a hit on the human race, the population. And um, tying in with this whole uh, world order, the global reset, and these people who want to be just a small governing body dictating over the world and having uh, just um, only people who are um, uh, kind of obedient to uh, to allow to live as it were. Well, that's why I think we need to be aware of how things happen, because, you know, the interesting thing is with the regimes in history that have been so oppressive and that become authoritarian and have tremendous human rights abuses, those regimes usually start with some um, positive goal, right? The positive goal of equality, the positive goal of of helping people. But if the underlying philosophy is wrong, if the underlying philosophy is, and kind of as you're saying, hey, we are a small group of people who are smarter than everybody else. You have to do as we say. And then if people get in line with that, and that's what happened in the Soviet Union, it's what happened in China, it's what happened in Cuba, it's what happened in Venezuela, it's what happened in Chile, it's what's happening uh, in these regimes around the world. They start uh, it's what happened in uh, Nazi Germany. It's what happened in uh, these other countries. Um, it starts out, and the reason people buy into it is because it sounds good. The problem is it is not sound. And people need to be aware that the banality of evil um, is... Absolutely, Pastor. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Because what appears to be good is the propaganda that they're pushing... Uh, you know, in a, in a time, they first create a time of uncertainty and then have the people's attention. It's like uh, like a full-blown attention. And then they things like equality and, you know, taking care of all of, all of that kind of narrative uh, without people realizing that, that is, it is, in fact, a, a huge form of enslavement. Yes. Uh, Contrary to what entrepreneurship and innovation and creativity uh, and self-sufficiency, what those things stand for, they completely, uh, you know, kind of brush those aside and paint this crazy, crazy picture to especially the young people. And when they when they bombard them with this kind of a narrative. Uh, like a fat type of thing with the transgender uh, uh, narrative, like they, they have a, they can. It's like keeping them perpetually young. When right. people are bought into some like a exclusive uh, uh, group, I mean, they feel like. Uh, they feel like all powerful. Yeah, Tahiri, like, I want to move. I'm almost out of time. I really appreciate your call and your listening. We're on every day from 3 to 5 right here on the station. Uh, it's the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you for calling, and uh, appreciate that. And this is why we want to educate people to these things, because we step into these things without knowing sometimes. It's why we're called to be wise. It's not just to have knowledge, but we have to have wisdom. We have to know what to do with that knowledge. And, you know, the the terrible things that are going on with uh, these murders, these mass murders and uh, all of that, the banality of evil is that we tend to focus on the actual act that happens and the evil act, but the the banal part, the part that is really trying, that is really underneath it, that's the part that has to get attacked. 
It's what is causing people to commit homicides or to commit suicide or to angrily act out in these ways. And, you know, there's so much surface conversation about that. But evil is something that encroaches on us quietly through philosophic philosophy and worldview. And this is why it's very, very important that we think through these things and that for those of us who are believers, we should not be surprised by this at all. We should understand that this is what the Bible even tells us is going to happen, that people will reject sound doctrine. I think that's not just doctrine about uh, just like an internal church suggestion. I think that's that people in the end times will reject sound doctrine globally. The idea that we'll reject things that are true. Uh, and if you do that, you have to replace them with something else that's not true. And things that aren't true will always lead you uh, to a uh, catastrophe. All right, one more call here. Ted in uh, LA. Ted, you got just a few seconds. Okay, uh, Scott, I just wanted to touch on. Uh Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the word religion is not in the Bible. It's We study the inherent Word of God. I'm a follower of Christ, and they like to compartmentalize and put us all on a dirty word of religion. Well, the and, Bible says uh, stuff about religion, but it's talking about, uh, you know, the, maybe the most famous verse would be, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. But I think I know what you're saying, that the the philosophy of the world today is to put all religion in the same bucket as if they believe the same things and they don't. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for hearing me. I, I love you, Scott, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right, Ted. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody, I won't get to your calls. Uh, Mimi, I see your call coming in there, but we are out of time for today. This is the Pastor Scott Show. If you want to get the podcast, just go to the radio station website. Go to keyword Scott, and you'll find our show. You can also go look for the Pastor Scott Show on Spotify and get the podcast there. I want to invite you, if you are in the L.A. area or if you're in San Diego and you want to come up, the Pastor's Breakfast It's free, KKLA Pastor's appreciation breakfast. Uh, Bishop Kenneth Ulmer is the speaker. It's Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. Go to kkla.com, click the Pastor's Breakfast banner, sign up today, RSVP. It's free, but we need to know you're coming, so RSVP there. All right, Pastor Scott, show tomorrow from 3 to 5. I am Pastor Scott. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless. Have a good night. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.